Hello, and welcome to the Blockstolic Podcast, where we talk about the evolution of the blockchain technology, the property market, and everything that helps us to enhance and revolutionize the world of real assets and how we, the owners, the buyers, the renters, investors, and entrepreneurs can benefit from it all. I'm Yael Tamar, CEO and co-founder of Salablock, a pioneer startup in real estate tokenization. Join me on this episode of Block Solid with guest speaker Michael Pearl, a fintech and blockchain executive with over a decade of experience managing teams and projects. And now he's COO of Kirobo. Hey, Michael. Hey, yeah. How are you? Fantastic. Good to see you. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about Kirobo and your awesome, awesome startup that helps so many people around the world to keep their crypto and transact safely and securely. And we're going to talk about the history of the company. We're going to talk about your personal background and how you came to be the CEO of Kirobo and what Kirobo actually means and, you know, the world of blockchain, crypto transactions, and I guess Web3. Is that okay? Yeah, let's dive in. Amazing. So just tell me a little bit about yourself and your personal journey. Where did you come from? How did you get here? So originally, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect, but that's my trait. I came across fintech and crypto more than a decade ago. I started off as a journalist, actually. I was an editor and correspondent, and I came across this amazing world of fintech. And little by little, I started doing more and more projects that are more hands-on and getting more exposed to this world. Crypto, I was think I went through all the cycles already. This is my probably third or fourth, depends on how you count it. And basically, yeah, I came to Robo about a year and a half ago, joined the, in the role of COO, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. That's awesome. What about Kirobo? When did the company was founded? I know that my friend Asaf Naim is the CEO and uh, I know I've known him for many, many years. Tell us a little bit about the background of the company. Yeah, the company was founded in 2018. It's actually two co-founders, Asaf, whom you've mentioned, and Tal Asa, who is the CTO, the brain, the genius behind the system. Basically, it's a very uh, interesting story. So Asaf is an accountant. So it's already two unperfect people in the room here. He managed a taxation department in a boutique accounting company, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of crypto clients. And he, you know, with the balance sheet or whatever they call it, the (laughs) the accountants, he saw a lot of losses due to crypto being lost. And, you know, he he raised the question, how can money be lost? Mm -hmm. So he saw that, you know, in some cases it was lost due to, you know, sending crypto to the wrong address. In other cases, somebody, you know, misplaced the private keys and couldn't access the wallet. And, you know, unfortunately, every once in a while somebody died, so nobody could access the money. So those three use cases and some more were basically gave them the trigger because he said, listen, no way that nobody addresses that and and tries to solve that problem. This industry will never succeed unless somebody will actually address that. So that's basically the story behind it. I love it. I mean, isn't it amazing when like we have some sort of a problem or our clients having a problem and we just can't solve it with what's out there? So we're like, okay, what can we do? We are entrepreneurs. We're Israelis. You know, we got to do it ourselves. <laughs> so that's, that's the story, right? Yeah. Awesome. So I've heard that Kirobo is now launching a few really interesting things pertaining to smart contracts. But before we dive in to what, what it is, we kind of need to break it down to the audience 
I guess, what smart contracts even are, right? So, and you mentioned so many problems that people were having, right? Like inheritance and loss of crypto and so on. I would love for you kind of to connect all of these things together for the audience so that it clicks to them like it clicked with me back in 2018. It's like, wow, this is genius. Everybody's going to be using this. Yeah, let's start from the beginning, okay? And do like a real bird's eye view. Okay, you know, a lot lot of people love to compare between, you know, crypto, Web3 in specific and the internet, right? So if we make this comparison, I guess we're somewhere in 1995. Email is just starting. You know, we have this annoying dialer with this noise. And when your mom picks up the phone, then she disconnects you. So that's basically where we are now with crypto and Web3, maybe a little bit more progressed than that. So there are a lot of problems and the infrastructure is flawed. And one of the problems basically is smart contracts. Now, everything is smart contracts. All the amazing stuff on Web3, the metaverse, DeFi, everything based on smart contracts. You know, if let's say blockchain, let's take the Ethereum blockchain, because that's the BIOS. So smart contracts are the operating system. That's basically when things happen, where things happen where people are, you know, creating all the different use cases, all the protocols are built on smart contracts. Now, the problem with smart contracts is, first of all, that it's super costly to create one. And I'm talking from experience, you know, when we work on a smart contract and, you know, other companies have done this estimation as well, it's about $250,000 per smart contract. And the process is super lengthy because you need to write the smart contract, you need to audit it, which is something that you're also dependent on third parties for. You need to deploy it, you need to create the UI, and you always have the possibility of having a logic failure. So this process is super lengthy. And the biggest problem is that if you want to upgrade the smart contract, you need to do it all over again, because you cannot just you know do some small twitches. You need to recreate the smart contract and do the auditing and all that all over again. So obviously, a system that is built on that type of process is not really scalable, right? And that's what we see right now. Take Uniswap, for instance. Uniswap can do one single thing, which is swap. And when they wanted to change something, they had to create another version. They had to convince people to move their money to this version. And still, most people are still using V2 and not V3. And that's why, you know, you can upgrade and create all those different use cases that Uniswap would like to add. For instance, like stop losses and things like that. So coming from this understanding, we came across the conclusion that this needs to be changed. And on our way to create the amazing use cases that you mentioned, the backup and the inheritance, which maybe we'll go back to later, we stumbled upon a new technology. Like all good things, this was discovered by mistake, which we now call smart transactions. Essentially, it's a new way to build on the blockchain that cuts through and basically it's a shortcut through all this thing that I just mentioned, the lengthy process and the expensive process. Some of the things you can create in five minutes, things that otherwise would take you five months and 250k to to create. And it's a whole new way of building on the blockchain. And we believe and humbly that in the future, this will also change the way that we interact with the blockchain and Web3 in specific. Wow. Okay. So great. You brought a few interesting things about the smart contracts. So now tell me, how does Kirobo change things? Cool. So let's talk about smart transactions, which is the new term that we all should remember. So smart transactions, what they do essentially, they take this capability of smart contracts, which until now was only in the hands of 
you know, big companies with money to hire solidity developers and to hire auditing companies and so on and so forth and give them to the small developer and even to the user because the system that we're building has a no-code feature to it, and I'll explain in a second how it works. So even the user that wants to create the use case that will be relevant for that can do that. Now, the idea is to create programmable and customizable transactions that are executed in the future. And the logic is very simple. It's an if-then logic. Yeah, are you familiar with the IFTTT? Yes. this and that? Yes, I use it all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. yeah, me too. IFTTT, Zapier, all those different apps or services, they're doing a great job in automating Web2. So we're bringing those capabilities to Web3 and then some. So imagine taking an if statement, like let's say the price of Ether on a certain DEX, and the then statement can be sell, buy, and so on. You connect the two, you have a stop loss or a limit order, depends on how you, which side do you want to take it from. Now, Add on top of that the ability to mint on OpenSea. Add on top of that the ability to add or extract liquidity. You can create complex scripts in a fully decentralized manner that will be executed in the future, again, without the need to build smart contracts and without the need for coding. Now, to be more specific, what we're going to launch closer to the uh, mid-October, we're going to launch a platform that will allow you to take different blocks to connect them like money Legos, that's the new buzzword right now, and to create your own use cases. So if you want to create a stop loss that will suit your needs, you can do that. If you want to track a certain NFT that you want to buy, if the floor price reaches a certain point, you can do that. And you can even add more limitations to it. For instance, if you want to do it only when the gas fees are low, you can do that. If you want to do it, let's say, in two weeks' time, because now you don't have the funds for it, you can also add that. So you can have a multi-layered conditioning structure within one transaction that will specifically serve your needs. You don't have to use a specific protocol where everything is predetermined, predesigned. Yeah, it doesn't have any say in this. Now you can actually create your own use case and execute this. And obviously, this will save you money and time and will protect your funds and you know, will bring blockchain to what we want it to be, you know, more decentralized, more democratized, in essence. Wow. Okay. Very cool. So how do you see this operating in the future? So how do you see this becoming a standard in the future? What are you guys doing right now for that to become the standard? So our vision is to have that platform and for it to be as rich and diverse as possible. So you'll have many different protocols that would be plugged into the system. You will have many different use cases that you can do. And at the end of the day, we want to open this to crowd wisdom. We want to have to attract builders who are, again, they can be developers or not necessarily developers because it's a no-code platform. And those builders will build different use cases. Now, the best use cases, we want to publish them for the masses to use. So we're creating a marketplace where the best ideas, the ideas that makes the most sense, will be published. And then the regular user that, you know, maybe doesn't have the time or the knowledge to create their own use case, they could come and use existing use cases yeah. and basically to make the most out of them. Right. But these use cases, how are they going to be audited? Are you going to incentivize the ecosystem to audit and to ensure that they actually are working and are doing what they're supposed to do? It's a very good question. So first of all, the system is secured by design, meaning that 
Let me give you a specific example. One of the main vulnerabilities, again, of smart contracts is that you can create a use case that will address the smart contract. Then the smart contract gets upgraded. And eventually, you know, it can be upgraded to work as a malicious smart contract. So you can drain all the funds from the smart contract. And that's how a lot of hacks and different malware are taking place. So the system, for instance, if you create a smart transaction that uses Uniswap, it will use a specific version of Uniswap. So the worst thing that can happen is that the transaction fails. Mm -hmm. But in no, in no way the transaction will divert your fund to a malicious smart contract that will basically steal your funds or divert them to a different place. And there are more of those protections that we are already putting in place. But yeah, and I realized that in the future, when we have more and more of those dApps, we will have to audit them and we will have to, you know, sift through them. It is something that we're already thinking of. And maybe we'll also open this to the community to be, to take part in, to go through those dApps and to make sure that they are, you know, that they make sense and they, that they're not malicious in any way. Yeah, wow. That's really cool. So how do we stay decentralized? Because I see on your website and everywhere that you're talking about decentralization, how important that is. How do you stay decentralized and yet have so many kind of controls in the system? Isn't that contradictory one to the other? I think that one of the biggest things that the system brings to the table is the decentralization. Because one can say you can get to a certain level of customization and automation if you use bots and servers and many different either hybrid or centralized entities. And again, that's something that has served this industry well or not so well until now. But our vision from the get-go was full decentralization. And to be honest, that's the biggest challenge that we have because decentralized, you know, technology-wise and product-wise is much, much more challenging than being centralized or hybrid. The whole idea is that the system is built in a, built in a fully decentralized way. All the elements are non-custodial. That means that Kirobo never touches the money, never intervenes in any transaction. It is only the facilitator of that. And one of the elements of the decentralization is that the system is activated by the community. I could go more in depth about that, but we are going to create a mechanism of activators that will actually execute those transactions when they take place. Because, yeah, you probably realize that a transaction that is taking place in the future needs to be transmitted to the blockchain. It is not transmitted right now. It's not like I am sending you, let's say, 100 USDT right now. I'm transmitting this to the blockchain and the transaction is executed. If I'm planning for something that will take place in two weeks or maybe two years, we need to have some sort of a mechanism that will execute this transaction eventually. So yep. that's why we built the whole mechanism that relies on activators that wow. will eventually be your knight in the shiny armor that will execute this transaction for you. I love and it. will be rewarded for that. That makes so much sense because we're so used to these automated payments, you know, like we're used to Netflix account, you know, Netflix payments coming out once a month, you know, internet, phone bill, and we're not used to having to activate anything. So like without this feature, it seems like blockchain transactions are lacking like a very, very basic transactional value of having these recurring transactions. And I'm so happy that you guys have solved it and also incentivized the community to participate in the same time. To me, it's really the best way of the 
kind of tokenomics that you can find. It's actually music to my ears what you're saying, because specifically subscriptions is one of the most interesting use cases that we're looking into. Because imagine if you could pay your Netflix bills with your DeFi wallet. How groundbreaking would that be? Or beyond that, imagine if you could have a credit card, let's say of MasterCard or Visa, that is attached not to your Gemini account, but to your MetaMask. That could change everything in terms of payments and in terms of how we view DeFi. And actually, the system allows that. It's just a matter of building this and making this work. And that's one of the things that we're going to focus on now in the remaining part of the roadmap. I love it. So you are building security tools for people using DeFi, you know, keeping everybody's peace of mind while using decentralized systems. And for me, it's a big concern, you know, especially as a company CEO, where we're keeping our money. And of course, Gemini is the top choice because it's a you know regulated exchange, regulated custodian where things are safe, somebody's keeping your keys, somebody is making sure every transaction is recorded, and somebody is also making sure that you have you know some checks and balances. So if we can utilize the power of the community to provide all of these features safely, then you know I'm willing to try. Yeah, I think one of the things that we saw now, I don't want to mention names, right? But but with all the problems that we had during the last few months with several companies that basically have mistreated the, the funds that the users have gave them, we see that centralized you know, entities are very problematic and you eventually need to trust the person and you need to trust the person to do the right thing. And Just one another, person sometimes yeah. can, can destroy yeah. the whole company or, you know take down a multi-billion dollar financial institution, right? Or a few, yeah. Exactly. So we we choose to trust the technology. We we choose not to trust. We don't even, you know, call the people to trust us. We call the people to trust the technology. And I think that's the whole idea behind blockchain to have the technology facilitate everything that we wanted to facilitate and not trust one single person, you know, whether it's a bank or a founder of a crypto company. Absolutely. Amazing. Michael, tell me about Kiroba's inheritance feature. Why is it so radical? Yeah. So one of the use cases of the smart transaction technology that that we actually use is the inheritance. Remember that I told you that Asaf, our founder, came across a lot of losses. And one of them were due to people passing away and not being able to inherit anything to their Mm -hmm. loved ones. Because obviously, even if you go to the court of law, who will the court give an order to? To the blockchain? It's like instructing the ether, pun intended. Basically, there needs to be a viable solution of how someone can really create a decentralized inheritance. And that's what our goal was from the get-go. Now, what we created is the mechanism that allows a person to create a list of errors, which are essentially wallet addresses. So the person can decide that, I don't know, his partner gets 50%, the kids are going getting 20% each, another 10% goes to charity, and so on and so forth. It's definitely everything is upon the deceased or the person that wants to inherit the funds to decide. And then once life happens, then the mechanism basically gets triggered automatically and money gets distributed to their loved ones upon decision. Now, right now, the mechanism is time-based, meaning that, for instance, a person can decide that if during the next four years I'm inactive on my account, then the blockchain or the system can understand that I'm no longer here and please distribute my money to my loved ones. 
But in the future, we do intend to combine it with real life in a better sense. And that is NFTs, right? NFTs are not only board apes and, and memes. NFTs are also an amazing, powerful technological tool. So the idea is, and actually I know that right now as we speak, some companies are working with governments on NFTing different certificates like death certificates. And it's not something that will happen in the far future. It's something that is happening right now. So imagine that if someone can issue an NFT saying that this person is no longer with us, and when this person will present the NFT, he will receive the money that the person inherited to them. So I think it's an amazing cycle of decentralization when on one hand you have the person that is getting exactly what he wanted and the money is getting sent exactly to the people that he loved and he wanted to share his wealth with after he's gone and the technology that facilitates that and allows them to do that. Got it. That's really, really cool. I'm so excited about this and reminds me to uh, update my inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> and my insurance. All right. So this has been an awesome, awesome talk, Michael. What is what else are you guys working on? Is there anything that you want to announce? And also tell our audience where we can find Kirobo. Yes. As, as I mentioned, we're going to launch the Builders platform in October. After that, we are going to go to the public in a series of hackathons and also in a virtual way. So we would love to have some feedback from the people, especially developers and you know power users that will tell us what they think, what are the best use cases that we can utilize the system for. And right after that, we will, create, we will publish the marketplace where everyone can start using the system and enjoy it. Now, you can find us on kirobo.io. You can follow us on Twitter. We have an in-house video team that is creating amazing videos and tutorials. So YouTube as well would be a great place to start at. Discord, we have a very live and growing community. And we're having AMAs every two weeks. So you guys can just come and ask us questions and, and give us your feedback. And also me personally, you can follow me on Twitter and everywhere you want. I would be more than happy to answer any questions. That's really cool. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been such a fascinating discussion. And I would love for everybody here to follow Kirobo just like I do. Just uh, enjoy, enjoy the new technology and kind of jump in and learn more about smart contracts, about transactions. You know, we do real estate at Solid Block and we believe that all of assets or most of the assets are going to move to Web3. There's so many transactional aspects there that will be able to use Kirobo's technology, will be able to use the capability of recurring payments, such as dividends or interest that investors are receiving. So this is something we can certainly integrate into our platform. By the way, Michael, have you seen any uh, tokenization use cases in connection with what you guys are doing? Yeah, so we actually are in touch with several companies that are doing tokenizing different assets, whether commodities, real estate, and so on. And a lot of them have the challenge of creating more complex transactions or more conditional transactions. Because if you want to create, let's say if you're so for instance in the in the field of supply chain, okay, imagine that if you have a complex supply chain chain scheme where you have IoT sensors in place that monitor the temperature of the goods and you have the progress of the ship that goes from port to port. It's a very complex thing. And obviously, there are a lot of bright minds that are thinking of how to blockchainize it and how to tokenize it. The problem here is the, with the conditionality. Because let's say if I want to pay you for the goods, but I want to pay you in installments as per the progress of the ship, and I want to pay you only if, if the goods are 
haven't gone bad on their way here. So we can actually create that with the smart transaction technology and we can create a multifaceted conditionality that will basically facilitate all that. Obviously, we need to sit down and think through with the people that are building this and have more know-how about you know, supply chain, but that's one of the use cases that we're working on right now. Amazing. I love it. So the future is coming, ladies and gentlemen, and the future is tokenized assets and smart transactions with Kirobo. So thank you for joining me on the Block Solid podcast today, Michael. It was great having you with us. Thanks, Yael. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or by visiting our website at solidblock.co slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review and spread the word. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.